Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Mark Cuban's stunning sale of a majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks. The inaugural in-season tournament, we have eight quarterfinalists. We are headed to the knockout round. And what's going on with the Golden State Warriors after they blow a big lead in Sacramento and a chance to make the final eight of the IST? All that's next here on This League Uncut. Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's showtime! Boom shakalaka! This league and cut is underway and on fire! This should be a good one. Welcome in, everyone, to the latest edition of This League Uncut. Curiously, due to circumstances beyond our control, pretty much mostly my fault, Getting back from L.A., getting back to Dallas, somehow I contracted something. I'm finally rallying from it, but Sunday or Monday night when Chris and I should have recorded this podcast, when we should have still within Thanksgiving range met up to get an update on everything that happened on the holiday at the Hotel Haynes, I caught some sort of travel bug, knocked me out for a few days. We couldn't get together and record. So again, that's all on me. I know I still don't sound all that great. So I appreciate you putting up with me, but we couldn't wait any longer to do a show. It's been a week since Chris and I were together. The last time we spoke was Thanksgiving Eve. We can't dwell too much at this point on Thanksgiving almost a week later, but I do think our audience wants to get at least a little bit of an update. Did things go okay out there? At the Hotel Haynes, did you survive? I had a wonderful time, just my oldest son and I, Alexander the Greatest, meeting for a beautiful Thanksgiving dinner Thursday night. So that was before I, uh, that was before my travel woes. But this is your first chance, Chris Haynes, to tell us, just to give us a little bit of reflection, a little bit of play by play from hosting Thanksgiving. Well, I'll tell you this, Don. You know, I spent, I spent a, a pretty good, decent amount of time last our last episode wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving, wishing everyone a drama-free Thanksgiving. But apparently, 
I didn't get those wishes back. So I'll tell you what happened, Stan. I'll tell you what happened. We're all family here. So as I told you, I have um, what I call the Thanksgiving extravaganza at my I have it at my house. Usually I rent out a big cabin somewhere out in nature or I rent out a I rent out, I, one time I rent out a mansion out there in the woods. Uh, but the last two years I had it at my house. And, you know, family, they're, they're interesting, Stein. They're very interesting. Um, you know, they, sometimes family, they, they think they're so close that they can say any and everything in your own damn house, Stein. In your own damn house. So, Stein, you know, it's family. Stein, I had, I had to go off. I went off. I absolutely went off on a few people. Stein, it got pretty ugly there. But I'm going to tell you one thing, Stein. I went off in my own damn house. My house, Stein. You know, the, the house that I paid for. You know? And so, uh, if you don't like it, you can get out my damn house. You know? So, I had to let it be known. And, uh, Stein, it was... It was an event. <laughs> it was an event. But you know what, Stein? It's family. I'll see him again for Christmas. We'll give it another try. Because that's what that's what you do with family. You know, you, you have those type of situations, those incidents. It's all love. But I knew it. I knew it, Stein. But I'm telling you right now, for the next so for, for Christmas, for all the gatherings and get-togethers for Christmas that people have, you know, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to wish everyone a happy Merry Christmas. I'm going to wish you a drama-free Christmas. But I'm telling you guys out there, I'm and I'm going to find out if you don't wish me one back because I didn't feel that this time around last week because if I did, last week's incident wouldn't have happened. So, yeah, we, we, we made it through, Stein. I'm, I'm here to talk about it. But, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't the oh. best. I don't want to press you for too many details if it's uncomfortable. Maybe, like, I don't want you to give up names or how, you know, the closeness of these relatives. But maybe I should I'm, ask it like this. I made them. I made them. How How is that as far as closeness? I made them. So you're implying, it's... I believe what you're saying is <laughs> this involved. You have four children, to my knowledge. Uh, yes, I have. It is, it is uh, you know. We're all four in attendance. Yes, all forward intended, but you know I have two adult uh, seeds. You know they hate, they hate what I call that two adult seeds. And uh, Stein, you know how it is, man. When you get when you um you get of age, right? And then you know you start to kind of try to flex, you know, flex your this new age now that you're. 21 you're 20 or whatever you know you start to flex which is fine you know you have every right to do so but you won't do that while i'm paying for everything stein taking care of everything when i mean everything i mean everything the definition of i want, I want y'all look up the definition of everything in the in the dictionary whatever it says that's what i do and so you know, you, it's, it's, let me let me just let me just close with this because I don't want to get you all riled up before we even. No, start you ain't gonna be riled up. It's, it's, it's been... <laughs> were we you as stuff. were you as mad or madder than Jason Kidd at the podium the other night? Oh, uh, Jason Kidd was tame. He was tame. 
Stein, this this has got this this got ugly. This got ugly, which involved other people. And then I had to go off on them, which involved some other people, and I had to go off on them. Because you know why, Stein? It's my damn house. I'm gonna do and say what I want to do in my damn house. So uh but at the end of the day, Stein, it's all love. We we uh we'll learn from this and we'll try again for Christmas. So again, last thing here, because I've probably goaded you into discussing this more than you wanted to, but you no, were I'm... you were madder than this? I think maybe Tim, maybe it's the things that you guys thought should have happened day one is that they should be successful right off the bat. Um and it takes time. Failing is all right. It's not a bad thing to fail um, for a pro athlete because you can get better and learn from it. And those two are the best in the world, and we feel very comfortable with those two having the ball. Sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't, um, but we learn from it, and I think they've answered that question um, from day one. Um, As you just mentioned, they're one of the best, if not the best, in clutch time. But that was a big big thing you guys wanted to make a big deal about last year. But you're not making a big deal about it this year. It's going good. Right? So write some positive I just asked you a question. And I'm giving you a fucking answer. <laughs> like, I'm t- you guys, you know, there's all right to write positive stuff. People will read your positive <laughs> You don't always have to be negative. Right? Like, it's, it's just the world's already negative enough, right? So let's see some positive stuff on some positive people that are playing, doing their job on a nightly basis. Make it a lot easier to do that this year. Well, we're only into this year. We can't go back to last year, right? Like, that's the problem. Yeah. No comparison. No comparison at all, Stein. Jason Kidd was... Cool, calm, collected, and in control. All right. We are finally going to move on now and focus on Jason Kidd's Dallas Mavericks, who are the newsiest team in the NBA this week, and it has nothing to do with that post-game rant from Coach Kidd. Comments that on Wednesday grabbed the attention of the Lakers' LeBron James, who decided to weigh in. He was so surprised to see. Jason Kidd speaking. So what what did Brian say, Stein? He said, quote, for Jay to curse, you know, he wasn't happy at all. I don't think I've ever heard him curse. I mean, from competing with him, teaming up with him and playing for him. Never. He was hot and quite frankly, right. Love Jay Kidd. That was LeBron's tweet today. But the new that that is not why the Dallas Mavericks are in the news. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Dallas Mavericks are in the news because Tuesday, not long before their game against Houston, a victory for Dallas, I reported that Mark Cuban was in the process of selling a significant stake in the franchise to the Adelson family in Las Vegas, the family that runs the Las Vegas Sands Corporation. We've since learned that it is indeed a majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks, but with the caveat that Mark Cuban will continue without majority control of the team to retain operational control of basketball operations with the Mavericks for the foreseeable future. This deal still needs NBA approval by all indications at this point. It's going to get that approval, and this is an absolute bombshell because, you know, as I think most listeners probably know, I know you know this, Chris, I know producer Ryan knows, you know, I was a Mavericks beat writer for the Dallas Morning News when Cuban bought the team in January of 2000. So, I mean, I've really had a press row, very close seat for his whole ownership tenure in Dallas. It's something I've covered super close. And from the minute Cuban arrived more than 23 years ago, you know, he treated this like nothing in life was more important than the Dallas Mavericks. And, you know, he didn't have kids at that point. And he since is, he now has three kids. So obviously family is on a different level, but Short of his family, he, after all these years, he's 65 now, he still behaves the same way. And I think most people around this team, close to this team, you just never imagined a scenario that Cuban would sell any percentage of the Dallas Mavericks. And this arrangement, it's so, you know, 
the word unprecedented gets thrown around a lot. And, you know, I don't think we can say unprecedented. I've been trying to do some back channel research to see, have we ever had situations where an owner who did not have the highest stake in the franchise made the basketball decisions. And it's hard to really pin down. I haven't yet been able to pin down if that has definitely happened. But if this goes, if this deal goes through with the league, the Adelson family will own a much higher stake in the Mavericks than Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban will still own a significant stake, but for him to retain basketball control and no longer really be the boss, something else I reported today, we're recording this on Wednesday night, I recorded this earlier Wednesday. If this deal goes through, Patrick Dumont, the COO and president of the Sands Corporation, he would be installed as the Mavericks' new governor, officially at league level, and Mark Cuban would be the alternate governor. So after 23-plus years of Mark Cuban being the loudest, most loquacious, one of the most high-profile owners in all of North American team sports, he would no longer on paper be the boss. He would be the alternate governor. And it's just, it's stunning to think about, but it comes with that caveat that as we know it at this point, he will retain control over basketball operations. So look, I've rambled on about this enough. First, I want to get, I think probably the best way to do this, you give me your reaction just as a longtime NBA observer when you heard this go down and then you know, maybe throw a question or two at me. What do you want? What 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 are you most curious about this deal after hearing about it? Well, first of all, that was a that was a big bombshell you dropped. First, Mark Stein, first to report that news. That was very, you know, I retweeted it right away when I saw it. I had to I had to reread it first of all. I had to reread your tweet to make sure I would. At first, I'm gonna tell you when I first read it. You know, just you know, because I I had my game. I was I was um about to work or working the um, Clippers, excuse me, Warriors-Kings game yesterday. So I'm, I'm prepping for that, going through meetings and talking to people. And I seen your tweet and Stein, I skimmed through it and I automatically thought that this was just Cuban selling minor, uh, a minority share of, of ownership. And then I, I had already saw the news that he's He's um, bailing out of um, Shark Tank. It's going to be his last season coming up, I believe. So I heard that. And again, I just automatically assume, okay, he's bringing on somebody in a minority ship, ownership stake. And then I went and read, reread the tweet. And I'm like, whoa, hold on here. This is like, this is it. Like, this is the real deal. Like, this is, this is it. And Stein, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. You know, you says 23 years. Mark Cuban has been so. He's probably the most. It, it's it's easier to get the Cuban than other owners. You know, he he's always made himself available. He was always up front. Um. You know, if he had a problem with something you said on TV or. Something you reported, you'll hear from him, and um, you know I, I just uh, I just always appreciated him for his his candidness, um, 
and then you look at what he what he did as an owner. You know, he got them a championship. He did he did something that is really tough to do in modern age when you have a homegrown star who you who you've kind of you know molded you 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 put all your resources into making sure that player develops into the 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 top flight player he is and your guy Dirk Nowitzki and then the hard part is assembling a team that can um work with him and compete for a championship and they they were able to get a title out of that that's that's very tough you know I think a Damian Lillard situation in Portland is something that the ownership and management was not able to do in his 11 years there. So it's 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 really a tough blow. I'm 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 lightweight sad, Stein. It's cool that he's going to be a part of, you know, basketball operations or lead basketball operations. Um but this is still like a this is still a somber moment. Uh, that was that was huge news. So I congratulate that. That was huge news. You you get in that, and it's it's only right that you get that. You've been a Dallas staple for for decades now. But yeah, I my first thoughts was I thought it was a minor minority ownership move, and then I looked into it. Oh, this is majority. Cuban is bowing out. So my question I have for you, Stein, is what's next? That's what everybody wants to know. I immediately got texts from people. Hey, is Mark Cuban? Is he going to run for president presidency? Because I, I would some one of my friends who's like deep into politics, they was like, yeah, because Cuban has like two weeks in the state of Texas to officially put his name in to to run for president. And so I was, <laughs> so I, what's next? I guess that's what everybody wants to know. I want to know too, Stein. What's next for you, guy? Yeah, there will be no presidential run. I mean, that one is just that ain't happening. And I think, and thank you for the kind words, by the way, I think your reaction that there, that was, that was an instant reaction for a lot of people. Like he's getting out and that what is, what makes this deal so unique is that if it goes down the way it's been laid out to me, you know, the purchase price, it's the, the figure I'm told it's, you know, less than 4 billion. Forbes had the Mavs listed at number seven, the seventh most valuable franchise in the league at 4.5 billion. And I think it's safe to say that if Cuban was just taking the Mavs to market, to sell the franchise in one of the NBA's major markets, after we saw the Bucks go for 3.5 billion and the Charlotte Hornets go for, you know, a reported 3 billion, the Mavs would have gone for well over 4 billion if Cuban was trying to, to just get out and get the maximum number, but he's taking less than 4 billion. And the reason for that is he agreed to a discounted price to retain the ability to have operational control on the basketball side. He doesn't want business side control anymore. And the reason this deal is so appealing to him is because the Adelson family, they've, they want to build casino resorts in Texas. And Cuban has been actually saying for years, and he specifically said, he told Brad Townsend from the Dallas Morning News in December, his dream is to build a new arena in Dallas in the heart of a casino resort built by Las Vegas Sands. Cuban actually said that on the record in December. So it's like, this really shouldn't have been the surprise that it was, but it 
it still is the shock to the system that you describe when you saw it on your phone because we never thought Mark Cuban would sell. And in his mind, he is giving up the grandiose title of owner for a lesser role on paper and a nice instant infusion of cash and the ability to just keep running the team for the foreseeable future. Now, on the outside, league-wide, people are naturally going to be skeptical because when have we ever seen this where now the Adelson family is going to be pouring in billions with an S and have a much higher ownership stake than Mark Cuban, but just let him continue to run the team. You know, if the deal happens the way it is laid out, you know, the Adelson family will focus on the real estate and business aspect of where the Mavs go from here, where the Mavs go next as a franchise. And then Cuban can continue to try to run the team in a manner similar to what we've seen since January of 2000. But again, there is going to be skepticism. How long will this last? Can it work? How much longer will Cuban have that basketball control? But I mean, the fact, what gives it credence and what what makes you think it can work, again, is the purchase price that Cuban agreed to because he wouldn't have taken a deal at less than $4 billion if he didn't think he had a rock-solid deal with the Adelson family to continue with basketball control. And we're going to have to, it's going to be weird. We're going to have to see what it looks like because, again, on paper, he is no longer the boss. He will be alternate governor, and Patrick Dumont will be the governor of the Dallas Mavericks as listed the way NBA teams do it in the ownership ranks. So there are a lot of questions about the future that we can't answer just yet. But I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a league shaking thunderbolt. There's no question about it. It's funny. You brought up the shark tank thing because the way this looked like, it would look like Monday Cuban announces I'm out of shark tank Tuesday. Cuban announces that he's selling a huge stake in the Dallas Mavericks Wednesday. He'll run for president. No, he's not running for president (laughs) because he didn't announce that he was leaving Shark Tank on Monday. What happened was Cuban actually revealed this on the All the Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. That podcast went out on November 22nd, two days before Thanksgiving. And so maybe because of Thanksgiving, the aggregation world didn't catch up to what he said on the pod until Monday. So he didn't make the announcement Monday, but it's funny because the podcast that All the Smoke recorded with Cuban and Nowitzki, that was actually, again, earlier in the month. So they just came out, you know, now, but it wasn't, you know, it was not like Cuban was planning to announce that he was leaving Shark Tank the day before the sale of a huge stake in the Dallas Mavericks. It just, it ended, it looked that way, but that's not really the way that, it's not really the way it was. And no, there is there. This is not about a presidential run. No, this is not about moving the Dallas Mavericks to Vegas because the Adelson family is obviously has longtime ties to Vegas, but they're not looking to move the Mavericks. The NBA would never let <laughs> would never let a franchise leave a market of Dallas's size for a smaller market. That's not what this is about. This is 
really about Cuban forming a partnership with a powerhouse company in both the casino space and the real estate game. Of course, gambling is not legalized in Texas. We don't know how long it's going to take before gambling is legalized in Texas. So it's a little premature to be talking about the Mavericks building a new arena in the middle of a casino resort when that wouldn't be allowed yet. And the Adelson family has already been lobbying Texas lawmakers because they've wanted to come to Texas and open casino space here for a while now before this deal with the Mavericks. So there's a lot going on here. There's still a lot we've got to learn about this deal. So the what next question, it's something I've been working on nonstop since I first reported the story. But I mean, there it's a, it's a whopper and it's a shock. No question. Rest assured, we will be speaking plenty more in future episodes about what does happen next with the Dallas Mavericks. Because again, this will be one of the most fascinating stories of the season because Cuban has such a high profile. You know, he has not always been the most popular guy. Some love him. Others don't. But the one thing you would have to say because of his ownership style, I mean, he has been as synonymous with a franchise as an owner could be. And I think you were kind of referencing some of that when you talked about how accessible he is certainly for media members when he broke when he broke into the league in in 2000 we were not used to owners making themselves available to talk to the media as much as he did and as he has so yes there will be plenty more Mavericks sale slash ownership discussion on the way but you know what I have babbled on long enough with my impaired still recovering voice It is time to give you the floor. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's transition to the other major storyline of the week in the NBA. Your beloved in-season tournament. Group play is over. We have the eight teams that have reached the knockout stage. These eight teams, four quarterfinal games. The four winners of these games will proceed to Las Vegas for the semis and finals. The true knockout neutral site exciting portion of this inaugural in-season tournament. In the East, the Bucks playing host to the Knicks. The Pacers playing host to the Celtics. And in the West, it's the Lakers with home court advantage against the Suns. And after the game that Chris Haynes covered for TNT on Tuesday night, it's the Kings with quite the comeback victory over the Golden State Warriors who will play host to New Orleans. And again, I have talked way too long. Chris Haynes, save me. Take this over. Tell us about your time in Sacramento with Warriors-Kings, how Golden State unraveled, and just Give us the pulse take on where the Warriors are right now because there is a lot of a lot of concern after they blew that massive lead and cost cost themselves a spot in the IST quarterfinals. Yeah, they completely unraveled for sure. They they had that game. Um Draymond Green's first game back from his suspension. Uh as we talk about the end season tournament, the so it was cool, like there were, it was some point during the game, I forgot, I think it was the second quarter. Yes, I do believe it was second quarter. It was a timeout, so I'm sitting, standing behind a Warriors bench, I should say. And I saw GP talking to his the coaching staff, and he started asking them, hey, who won that Minnesota game? And they said, Minnesota won by three. And GP was like, okay, cool. Then we got to beat the Kings by 12. And so just to, like, be there and see, like, when the Warriors knew what happened with Minnesota and when they knew how many points they needed to beat the Kings by in order to advance in this in-season tournament was pretty cool. Uh, they didn't do it, <laughs> by the way. So it would have been kind of weird, like, Stein, because – I'll get to Warriors drama in a minute, but so the Warriors could have beat, they they could beat, they if they beat the Kings that night, say they beat them by four. It's kind of a bittersweet. You win, okay, yeah, it's good to win the game, 
But the Kings would have still moved on in in the in-season tournament, and the Warriors would have been eliminated from it. It's kind of weird there, weird dynamic right there. But uh, with that being said, um, the game, you know, Steve Kerr is riding with with his guys, Draymond, Clay, Steph, and he, he's holding on. And the question that everybody keeps posing is, is he holding on too long? Meaning, is he not giving other guys a shot? Is he, you know, like Clay Thompson for one. We've seen Clay. Uh, you know, you can tell he's getting agitated by um, this dialogue. But I, I will say this. Moses Moody came in there in, the, in that fourth quarter, came and hit back-to-back threes. He, he, he really gave the Warriors something. He gave them some life. And he got subbed out right after that. Uh, Steve Kerr went back to his guys. And so, you know, th- th- those are the things that Steve Kerr, that's, that's what he has to weigh. I, I definitely understand, you know, going with the proven commodity. But at some point, all proven commodities start to diminish. And then you have to integrate new blood. Is that time now? Or is it later? I don't know. So, you know, it's a Steve Kerr has a big dilemma on his hands, man. It's 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 tough over there and and Draymond, you know, he he didn't help the situation in the game, picking up a tech, picked up a, a few unnecessary fouls, trying to be aggressive and just being frustrated with the officials. So it's a lot going on over there, man. But I you know, I spoke with I'm not gonna mention mention them right now because it was off the record conversation, but I spoke to a few key Warriors players and uh, they still have hope. Like they, they, they still got the ultimate confidence that they can figure this thing out. Uh, they, they were harping on the fact that Chris Paul and Draymond have yet to play with each other a significant time in this regular season. And so, you know, there's things that they said they feel like the, that they have yet to tap into. And so they want to get a chance to do that. Um, without the injuries or suspension. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll give them another 15 games or so and see where things stand. But, you know, Jonathan Kaminga, he's somebody that's itching to play, you know, and, and Steve Kerr got to try to find minutes for him. So it, it's, it's it's tough all around over there. Yeah, and now Chris Paul is dealing with a leg injury that has him out of the lineup. I mean, it's it, it has been – after such a promising start to the season. Last season, the Warriors couldn't win a road game. I mean, their road record was only... The only teams worse on the road were the top three teams in the lottery. And it was stunning, given what a great road team the Warriors had been for nearly a decade with their championship cast together. And this season, they started well on the road. It looked like they were off to a good start. And then... It unraveled again, and you know Steph missed a little time with a knee issue. Clay Thompson struggles, well documented. Andrew Wiggins struggles, even more pronounced. Draymond Green essentially missed six games because he was ejected so early in the Rudy Gobert chokehold game, and then suspended for five games. And it's just, yeah, I was really curious, figuring that you would get 
some good time with these guys playing in Sacramento, your home city now, and just what, you know, I mean, they've got to be shaken by this all. I mean, and just, you know, it, it's uh, everybody's talking about it and how are the Warriors going to rebound and can they rebound with the roster they have? Yeah, with GP, you know, he has that, you know, suffering a torn right calf in that game. Stein, when he limped out the game, I followed him to the locker room. And he, man, what is it? I'm trying to think. It's 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 this machine. I think I said it right on the air. But it's this machine that it's a tank, actually. And it holds all the heating pads. It's called a, hold on, I wrote it. I wrote it down. It's called a hydrocolator, hydrocolator tank. Have you have you have you ever said that word before, Stein? Hydrocolator. I've never heard of it. <laughs> so what it is? It's a tank that holds these heating pads, and it's the heating pads that players put on their put on their body during the game, leg. But anyways, it's it's this it's a steel tank that's right right sits right outside the the visiting locker room in the Kings um, arena. And he went and punched that thing hard, Stein, right before he went in the locker room. He just punched it with his right fist. And uh, so that's when I knew, like, okay. Yeah, I just looked this, it up. A Chattanooga hydrocolator. Yeah, hydrocolator. looks like a huge, this is yeah. a huge rolling refrigerator. Yes, he punched that thing full force, Stein, before he went into that locker room. And that's when I knew, okay, this is not, this not just a sprained ankle. This just not. It's not a hamstring. You know. This this is something. So, uh, you know, he he was right. He he knew it was. He knew it was pretty severe. So, and GP has been playing well, man. He he's one of the glue pieces to the Golden State Warriors. So, having to deal with him, having to deal with Chris's Paul, Chris Paul's situation. So, the Warriors are they're up against it. No question about it. When you talk about teams that are under the microscope league-wide as we speak, teams that everyone is talking about and looking at and wondering how they're going to move forward, how they're going to get out of their current situation. Chicago is definitely one of those teams with the Bulls off to such a miserable start. And you know, are they going to be able to trade Zach Levine? I mean, it's, it's amazing this week seeing the Bulls with one of the league's four or five worst records far worse than even the most doomsday projections for the Bulls and what's going to happen. How are the Bulls going to deal with this? Detroit, what they're going through. Now, 15 losses in a row. 15 consecutive L's in Detroit since a 2-1 and one start. And this is a team that went 4-26 and 26 after January to finish last season. This season in Motown, healthy Cade Cunningham. Rookie flashes from Asar Thompson, one of this show's favorite rookies. The arrival of Monty Williams to lend leadership and authority. And the Pistons are winless in November. And yes, the Warriors, for all their championship glory over the past decade, because of the way things have begun in Golden State, lots of discussion this week about where the Warriors are, and where they're headed. We will continue to delve into all these stories in upcoming episodes of This League Uncut. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show via Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Chris and I will be back very soon. Hopefully, I will start sounding closer to normal, even though my normal doesn't sound all that great. But we did it. We're back together again. We did it. Chris Haynes survived a little bit more of a rambunctious Thanksgiving than he was hoping for. Christmas fast approaching. In-season tournament semis and finals in Vegas. Fast approaching. The G League showcase in Orlando. Fast approaching. So December is almost here. Lots to come. Lots to discuss. Chris Haynes. I hope I hope the rest of the holiday season goes smoother for you, sir. Well, it's up to them. Because if not, I'm prepared to have the same actions and the same response time. Will they be listening to this podcast to 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 know that you've now taken your dismay national? I am prepared for this to get out. And you know what? I'm up for the smoke. <laughs> Man. Remind me not to get in your doghouse. All right, everyone. That is going to do it for this edition of This League Uncut. Stein Haynes signing off. Talk to you again soon. And that'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom shakalaka. Chris Haynes. Mark Stein! I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.